Coming up on today's show. We did about two CDs with him and uh, amazing drummer. He, he's on about 25 gold albums. Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Be sure you are on the list for the weekly e-newsletter. I only send out on Wednesday when a new episode of this show comes out, so make sure you are signed up to receive that for free to your inbox. If you're not already getting it, go to my podcast website, nhte.net, and pop your email address into the sign-up box. I do publish exclusives in there from time to time, so don't miss out. I love hearing from listeners of this show. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New York, my guest is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist who is one of the founders of the eight-piece roots rock band American Nomads. He has toured internationally as well as written and recorded multiple film soundtracks. Plus, he had a song chosen for a movie trailer and played on a French film. Early in his career, he had founded another band, and present-day American Nomads has a new single that was just released last month. The band's music has received national radio play, has reached number six on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart, and has passed the first round of Grammy nominations for one of their songs. You've been hearing an American Nomad song called Running on an Empty Heart. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Walter Kennel. Hey, Bruce, how are you? Is this Bruce Springsteen or another Bruce? <laughs> I'm getting a little confused. <laughs> hey, Bruce. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. You I bet. appreciate it. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, and thanks for making time to be on the show. Let's get started by having you oh. share with the audience all about the song that was just playing called Running on an Empty Heart. Yeah, so that was done about two years ago, um, written by me and Richard Human, a co-writer in the band, and uh, we did a great video upstage with a drone. Uh, through this beautiful area called uh, Hawk's Nest. It's, it's above Port Jervis, New York. I actually have a place upstate nearby, and uh, we just love the whole the whole visual over there. Kind of, uh, actually, years ago, BMW uh, used to do all their uh, car commercials there because mm. it kind of looks like uh, those European winding roads. So it was perfect for a car song. So, um, yeah, Running on an Empty Heart, it was... Um, Again, written by me and Richard, and uh, actually Joe Vitale, our producer, uh, one of our producers, uh, that was his first song that he uh, mixed and produced, and uh, he really uh, took a liking to us after that, and uh, we've been having a, a great relationship with him. He, he's just so in tune with the band, and uh, uh, I'll talk about Joe later, but again, so uh, that was our first uh, song um uh, first encounter with uh, Joe Vitale, and it's been great ever since. And since I was talking over it and the audience couldn't hear the lyrics, just talk a little bit about what that song, what the message is, and what inspired you and your co-writer to write that song. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, a, a love song um, when you break off with somebody and then you're just, sometimes when you're driving and you reminisce about a uh, love lost and uh, the relationship that, you know, went awry. Uh, you know, typical love song, you know, goopy, sappy, <laughs> you know, and uh, that's it. Just, just uh, again, uh, just a typical love song. As you mentioned, that song that you're talking about now, Running on an Empty Heart, it was from 2021, and at the end of today's episode, we're going to play the new single that was just released last month. But looking ahead, Walter, I'm told that there are two more singles coming from American Nomads and then a full album by late September, if not October. What details are you at liberty to reveal at this point about the album, meaning 
Has it been fully recorded? Is it maybe being mixed and mastered now? How many songs will there be? What's the title of the album? Just share with us about this newest project. Right. Uh, actually, it's going to be a double album. Wow. Uh, the first one will be released. In, yeah, yeah. We have, uh, well, what happened, we recorded 16, 17 songs, wow. and it's too many because it's going to be pressed on the vinyl. So mm. we, you can't have 16 songs on, uh, <laughs> you know, on the vinyl. Normally, the norm is about 10. So we decided to do a double album. So the first one will be released September, and then the other one will be released in January. So uh, it's been a little, you know, grueling trying to decide which song goes where. And uh, so Can't Cheat the Hangman, our brand new single, will be on the first one. We also have a brand new guitar player, lead guitarist, Matt Schneider, and he will be featured on one of the uh, vocals um, called Retread Shoes. So... We're just finishing up that with him right now. And uh, again, he will be on the first album. And then we have about three, four more songs to actually write for January. So ah. that's kind of great because I'm, you know, I, I really get uh, inspired when I'm up against a wall to write something. I, I really, you know, it really comes out well, I think, when I have a, um, you know, something to work towards, something to achieve. So. It's all good in uh, American Nomad land. So in terms of this first album that'll come out in September, yeah. is this going to be, will they be two separate albums that stand on their own, or will it be kind of a part one, part two thing? Because I'm also thinking if they're different, then you have to come up with totally separate artwork and everything. So just talk more about that, as well as the decision to do vinyl. I, I love that you're doing that. And I also, those of you who are listening, by the way, who are up-and-coming artists, if you're very young and you're just turned on, by this renaissance that we're starting to see for vinyl. I think you're going to hear from someone like Walter that, and as the interview goes along, you'll find out that the American Nomads have been around for a while. And a band like that, I think, yeah. is going to sustain something like vinyl a lot better because they do have a following. And if you're getting ready to put out your first release, I don't know that you want to think about vinyl because, Walter, that's an expensive route to go. Yeah, I mean, we're prepared for it. We're we're aware of all that and you know i just um like i said uh we, we love the whole concept of vinyl and uh we're ready ready to go that route and um again uh, as far as the artwork uh we're fortunate to have richard human uh, who writes uh, most of the lyrics in the band he's a conceptual artist so he uh, he does great designs as far as the whole visual thing you know with the album cover uh with uh, what we have to say and uh, what's in it, how, how you present it, how you format it. So all that is, uh, you know, well taken care of, care of it because of Richard. So, uh, again, that's all pretty much in the works right now. So are they, in fact, two very standalone albums, or will this be kind of a part one, part two? Part one, part two, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, part one, part two, you know. Uh, we, we kind of haven't finalized all the little details, but that's pretty much the route. Part one, part two, again, because we have uh, 17 songs right now and mm. uh, we can't fit, fit them all on one album. So that's pretty much the route we decided we're going to be doing. So I'm curious myself, and I'm sure that there are some audience members that, that are too, but when you release on vinyl, do you do just vinyl and digital? Or do you also say, well, we got to have some CDs for people that want physical, but they don't have a turntable? Because I'm wondering... Is it difficult or is it, no, you're just opening it up to, to more potential buyers in terms of physical units? It's just going to be vinyl. Uh, CDs are pretty much right now is, you know, nobody has, nobody plays CDs anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I still do in my <laughs> car sometimes, but uh, again, that's, <laughs> it's very, you know, it's just convenient sometimes. Oh, I want to hear that. I want to play that, you know. And, uh, but pretty much that's what we decided. We're going to go vinyl and, uh, and that's it. And audience, I don't know if you picked up on it, but when Walter was talking about the song that we played at the beginning, running on an empty heart, 
He mentioned the name Joe Vitale. He was the guest on the show way back on episode 122. Uh-oh. But Walter, please take over. Let the audience know if they didn't hear that interview who Joe Vitale is, as well as I'm interested to hear how you came to know each other, how you got the opportunity to work together. Well, we were introduced to Joe uh, by Ken Franklin, our good friend, and uh, he put a couple of um, producers that we might be interested in. Um, and uh, I looked at Joe's history, and uh, it's pretty amazing. He's pretty much been with um, Joe Walsh forever, uh, um, up from uh, Ohio. And uh, Joe Vitale also played with um, the Eagles. Uh, he toured with them. He recorded with them. He pretty much did all the uh, drumming for Crosby, Stills, Nash, and... Uh, he worked with Ted Nugent early on, um, you know, Dan Fogelberg, John Lennon, and, and uh, many other artists. So, uh, But uh, what was great about Joe, when um, I first, I, when I called him, he picked up the phone. I actually, he actually answered the phone. I was like, <laughs> wow, I like this guy, you know, <laughs> just a down-to-earth guy, you know, a down-to-earth guy, and and he really got the band because we're, Pretty similar, I guess, in music taste. Um, and uh, again, he heard the song. He loved it. And um, he said, yeah, I, I, I could really work with you guys. I can bring out the music. And uh, a lot of times he even uh, he puts down a little banjo or a little percussion to enhance it. And uh, he, he's really hands-on. And uh, again, we're like really good friends now. And he just gets our music and he knows how to... Uh, how to make it shine you know that's why you know we have a great relationship and it really it's really working well so again we're very fortunate to have joe wow good stuff yep good stuff there will be people who listen to this interview because they're fans they're followers of american nomads but for those just being introduced to you and the band for the first time let's go back to your start in music which began when age-wise you had just gotten into double digits (laughs) share with the audience about the various instruments that you got started into back then okay yeah well i i started when i was 12 years old i started playing the accordion um I'm from uh, Istrian descent, Istria, Croatia. So the accordion uh, accordion is kind of the instrument in that area, you know. So my parents kind of said, you know, you have to play the accordion. You have to. I said, okay. So, okay, so I started the accordion. And um, after a while, you know, uh, when I was about 16, 17, if you meet a girl and you tell her you're playing the accordion, she's not exactly going to disrobe it, <laughs> disrobe in front of you. So I said, you know what? <laughs> Let me start venturing into other instruments. So I I was really fascinated with the uh, Hammond organ, you know, the whole Stevie Winwood thing, you know, uh, Billy Preston, all that. And mm. so I bought my first Hammond and, um, it really, really changed my world. You know, I really got into it and uh, got into rock music and then um, later into synthesizers, piano and, uh, you know, the many Moog, the Oberheims and wow. all that. And it just opened up a whole world for me. You know, it really inspired me to write and uh, perform in whatever genre was happening at that time. So, uh, yeah, so it's been a... You know, I still have a Hammond now, a beautiful B3, which I restored. And uh, again, I, I love it. And multiple accordions. <laughs> Actually, I, I got back to playing accordion about uh, ooh, five, six years ago. Uh, we started doing some, you know, Americana stuff, which kind of, you know, very uh, band-esque, uh, which kind of uh, called for it. And I'm like, wow. And people said, wow, you you really sound good playing the accordion. You know, I said, well, yeah, well, that was my initial instrument, you know. So it, it's all good, you know. It, it's a whole, you know, music is a whole world of, uh, you know, amazing instruments and all that. And I'm very fortunate to have uh, uh, many of them and uh, hopefully make them shine. But I'm curious, though, because you say that you picked the accordion back up. Was it a case of you hadn't touched it in years and years and years and years, but yet it's like falling off a bicycle and you're able to get right back on? Yeah, actually, there was one time I just didn't pick it up uh, for many years. And uh, when I went to family weddings, all, all my relatives would like grab me and, what's the matter with you? How come you don't play the accordion anymore? You know, so it was, you know, 
so, <laughs> you know, so, uh, again, but I, I always had one, you know, like in a case and then occasionally I would just take it out a little bit. And uh, okay. but then again, when I started again, five, six years ago, it really opened up, uh, you know, mm. uh, opened up a whole world with it, you know, cause it, it's just, you know, colorful and just adds that little spice to the song, you know? And, uh, so it's been great. I, uh, even on stage, people love it. You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I move around a lot. I jump around a lot. And, mm. uh, we do a we do a, a a live version of a whole lot of love with the accordion and it's just you know mm. and it's just funny you know people people love it you know so again it's you know it's rock and roll well yeah and for you like you just mentioned it's a very different dynamic instead of being confined to having to stand behind the keyboard yeah. and say yeah, I'd love to move around the stage and interact with the crowd but I can't so the story continues and back in the intro I had mentioned that you wrote and recorded multiple film soundtracks, but tell us about that and then the band that you had founded at that time. Yeah, so I started a band called uh, Metropolis uh, with a former bandmate, Jose Damien, and also current members, uh, Joe Conoscenti, Susan Darmienta, were in the band. And uh, at the time, Jose um, had a contact with... Uh, Chrysler Motors, you know, Chrysler Industries. So mm. he started writing some uh, industry soundtracks, you know, the ind- industry films. You know, uh, there would there would be some uh, footage of, uh, of Chrysler making motors, doing road tests and so forth. So we would write particular soundtracks for that particular scene. So mm. we were doing that for a while and uh, pretty successful with that. And then... Um, uh, we, I did a sound, uh, there was a French movie. I can't pronounce that name. It's, uh, <laughs> it means a third wedding in French. So, so but it, it's funny how I, um, I wrote that song, uh, it was called Mr. Love. I wrote that a, a while back, recorded that in Opal Studios, New York City a while back. And I got a phone call from a uh, attorney from this record company that, uh, this French film, is considering using using it for a scene in a movie. So I'm like, oh, oh, wow, great. And then um, we made the deal, and then they called me back if I uh, put a little extra money, if they can use it for the uh, the trailer. I said, sure, yeah. So uh, it was great. It was released uh, two years ago in Montreal, and mm. it, it did pretty well. And I got a pretty uh, decent paycheck, so it was all good. A nice little surprise. Uh, But shame on me, because I think there's a piece of the story that I left out that I should have let you tell was you said that you were born in Croatia. So at some point, your family came over here and and presumably to New York. Yeah, so uh, I came here actually when I was eight, you know, and uh, Uh. not to get too too crazy with all that. uh, Actually, we had a—actually, when I was born, there was the former Yugoslavia, so— we kind of had to escape, so we lived in a refugee camps in Italy for three years. Oh my! We had a sponsor, and we had, we, yeah, we had to uh, wait to come here and uh, for the American dream. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah, in fact, I'm really curious to hear about an old firehouse in Brooklyn that you purchased at one point. Describe that project as well as why it's relevant to our conversation about the American nomads. Yeah, so uh, a while back, uh, my wife and I, Janet, uh, we had a um, loft in Long Island City, Queens, and uh, we we were starting to have some issues there. So we said, you know what, we better start looking for something because, you know, this isn't going to last forever. So we found an old uh, abandoned firehouse in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, which needed a lot of work. And uh, the price was right. So we looked into it and... uh, decided to buy it but the problem uh there was no cfo certificate of occupancy on uh-huh. it so after we bought it we found out we couldn't get a mortgage Uh-oh. to fix it up so uh, so it was like oh my goodness so we had to like beg borrow and steal somehow and uh took us about two years but um we got it uh we got it all up and running and it turned out really really beautiful uh, as a matter of fact, was published in a few uh, architectural uh, magazines and uh, wow. a few mo- movies were actually filmed in it. And uh, 
Actually, downstairs, my uh, friends Kevin Hartman and Brian Olson started Firehouse Productions, which right now is uh, one of the biggest sound companies in the world. I mean, they Mm. do top bands. This is Brian Olson right now. He's based in Red Hook, New York, and Las Vegas. I mean, he does people like the Rolling Stones, you know, Peter Gabriel, you know, of that, you know, caliber. Wow. So it's he, wow. he's up there. Last I heard, he's like uh, probably number one right now as far as, you know, the whole uh, music industry. So uh, hmm. Firehouse Productions it started here. And uh, again, it, so we've had it for a while. And uh, right now we rehearse here and we also record here. And we set up a beautiful uh, rehearsal and recording space on the third floor. And uh, every Monday, we either rehearse or we record. And then we have a great dinner uh, with the band. My wife, of course, cooks for us. And uh, it's great. It's like one big happy family. And uh, again, a great place and very fortunate to have it. So when you said that some movies have been filmed there, did you mean that prior to you purchasing it or since you have owned it, some movies have been filmed there? Yeah, afterwards, yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I, I I forgot which movies. It's been maybe about 10 years ago. But, you know, they were out there. And uh, we we also get we get a lot of offers to do, you know, commercials here and, uh. you know, movies and so forth. But it's very disruptive, you know. Uh, they kind of turn your house upside down, you know. You have, you know, sixty people here for two days, and oh my gosh. you know, it, it's cra- it's too crazy. You know, I, I did it twice, and I said no more. Said, wow, yeah. wow. Well, I admire your vision for seeing an old firehouse and saying, you know, with the proper renovations, we could live there. We could turn it into a studio. I mean, that's that's quite. I don't have that talent to to be that creative and envision that. We had no idea how how bad, and you know, we had to do all new mechanicals. You know, it was nothing was working here, so it was pretty bad. We had no idea. So uh, again, but you know, luckily we did it, and uh, we had the opportunity, and uh, that's it. So so um, right now it's a great place, and uh, you know, very happy to be here. Well, and so audience, now that you've heard a lot of the backstory, I want to establish what we've all come to know as the band that we're talking about. So, Walter, take us back to a vacation you took to Croatia and the events that led to what present day Mm -hmm. is American Nomads. Yeah, so about, um, hmm, I think it was about eight years ago, we were actually Richard and his wife, Susan, Susan, who's in the band. They were visiting us in in Istria. So we were waiting in the uh, Adriatic, and uh, Richard and I just looked at each other, and we were like, oh, my God, this is, like, uh, too good to be true. You know, just a great day, you know. And I said, you know what, I have to start writing writing music again. He goes, yeah, yeah, let's, I'll help you. You know, let's do something, you know. And and, um, so, uh, actually, he was in the Venice Biennale because he's a conceptual artist, and so he kind of called me and, uh, do you have any ideas yet? I said, yeah, I, I think so. You know, so we kind of spoke and, uh, I had the accordion there. So <laughs> actually started on the accordion again. And, uh, so we actually did our first song there and, uh, and that's where it started. So when I came back to America, I called, uh, I called my friend Dante who used to play with me years ago. And actually, we started recording at his home studio. So that was the the beginning. And at that time, it was called DRW, you know, like Dante Richard Walter. Ah. That's, that's pretty much what DRW was about. And uh, then when we did um, Revelations Are Gonna Come with uh, Joe Volpes, uh, the name of the album was American Nomads, and we decided to change the name then. So that's oh. where American Nomads came from. Interesting, interesting. But fill in the gap in time, though, because you talked before about the band Metropolis. And by the way, folks, you heard about the films done for Chrysler Industries, and, and Metropolis even played the New York City club yeah. circuit. But then, Walter, how many years did you, quote-unquote, go dark, that here you were on vacation in Croatia, and you turned and said, you know, I, th- I think I want to start writing music again? 
about 10 years. It, you wow. Know, I, I, I kind of, um, I was doing something up in uh, Woodstock, New York with some pretty, uh, you know, pretty well-known musicians and uh, something pretty terrible happened. And I said, you know what, I'm done. So mm. I, I just had a bad experience once. Mm. Uh, with this opportunity I had, and I said, you know what, I'm I'm going to take a little hiatus, I'm going to take a little break, and that's when I decided, you know, I need I need a place, I need a uh, foundation, I need to establish something. So I took a little time out, but I, you know, I I kind of doodled uh, with uh, music, kind of a okay. not that I gave it up or anything, okay. but it was it was like you know another chapter in life, you know. Um, mm that I felt I had to do to kind of establish myself, you know, and, uh, my family and just, uh, take it from there. So, uh, wow. again, we all go, go through different chapters in life and, and, uh, that was one of them, you know, mm. and, uh, worked out well, actually. Between being <laughs> born in Croatia and then the refugee camp story in Italy and then buying a firehouse, <laughs> my gosh, and we, and we're only halfway through the interview. So it's, it's the American, it's the American dream, man. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Again, that's why we came here, just for that. Absolutely. So, folks, stick around for a lot more. I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New York by singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Walter Kennell from the band American Nomads. Visit their official website at AmericanNomadsBand.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. The new single, Can't Cheat the Hangman, is out and can be purchased from the likes of Apple Music and other online digital music retailers, along with other releases from the band. Their music is streaming on both Spotify and SoundCloud, too, so do give them a follow on each of those, both of which, by the way, are platforms that you can hear this show on. On AmericanNomadsBand.com, you will find links to engage with them through social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. On the band's official YouTube channel, be sure to check out the music video that they've recently released for the new single, which I will be playing at the end of today's episode. Meanwhile, go on my podcast website, nhte.net, and tap or click anywhere that you see the home button, and then look for the article entitled, Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away, and dive into the information that I have there for the OWL app. That's OWL, like the bird, except with two W's and two L's. It is a terrific way to make new connections rather than having to wait for people to either accept your connection request or respond to your private message. And by the way, this is not a sponsor. They're not paying me to talk about them, but I am on there. And here's the cool thing. If you go on there and are trying to call me, but it doesn't say that I'm live on OWL, just tap the request to go live button I will get notified, I will go live, and then you'll be notified that I'm online, and you can then call me. The same goes for the scores of other experts that are on OWL. Get into that article on my website that I'm referring to. It has the link that you'll need for either the App Store or Google Play. And again, the app is free to download. Plus, that article has my invitation code, which is a required field when you set it up on your phone. I will look forward to talking with you on the OWL app. Walter, we've already heard you talk about working with Joe Vitale, and later when I ask you about the new single we're going to hear about, there's someone notable you're going to talk about then. But for now, tell the audience about Sammy Marandino and what the two of you did, as well as what he then went on to do. Well, yes, Sammy. So I met Sammy a while back. Uh, uh, One of the beginning, uh, when I started Metropolis, he was the drummer, and uh, so Sammy was very busy. He was always playing uh, the clubs, the New York Circuit clubs, uh, every evening, and so on, and so forth. So he eventually um, went out to do a tour, and we kind of lost contact for a while. And um, later on, uh, somehow we we reconnected. And uh, when I was starting to do uh, music again, and I called him, and he goes, "Hey, I'll, you know, give me a call." Uh, let me let me know what's going on. I love to uh, play drums, you know. And I'm like, okay. So, so I called him, and uh, so he has a wonderful studio up in Harlem. Um, and uh, so he did all the um, all the drumming for about. We did about two CDs with him, and uh, 
amazing drummer. He he's on about twenty five gold albums. Mm. You know, with, you know, uh, amazing people and uh, just a great guy and uh, really close to this day. And uh, and he actually he was on uh, Revelations Are Gonna Come, the one we did uh, with uh, Joe Volpes. That was actually actually recorded in this studio. Oh. So again, he was uh, gracious enough. Uh, for us to use his facilities and uh again a true gentleman and a true friend and uh to this day so thank you sammy <laughs> yeah and i want to make sure that we give you a chance to give a couple other folks their due you had mentioned them just in passing yeah. earlier but there's a couple of current american nomads band members who you go way back with talk about those two folks and the history that y'all have together yes with uh susan darmiento uh the lead vocalist also in the band, and she uh, she was doing background vocals with uh, Metropolis, and I believe at that time she had uh, one or two leads. So um, she, of course, married Richard, and they actually live in the firehouse, too, oh. on, on the second floor. Yeah, so uh, again, it's one big happy family here. <laughs> and uh, Sue's great and uh, uh, amazing, amazing vocalist, performer. And uh, fortunate to have her. And Joe Conoscenti, our drummer. Uh, right now, he built a, um, a beautiful um, studio in his home in New Jersey where he does all the drum tracks. So, uh, again, uh, we, we're set up pretty well. And uh, just looking forward to uh, completing uh, the second album and just uh, moving forward. Now, earlier in our conversation, we heard about the musician side of Walter Kennel, but... What about your musical process, as well as when and how you get inspired? Well, I was really inspired, you know, by the by the bands from the 60s and 70s. You know, uh, there were so many iconic bands at that time. You know, of course, the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, Doors, Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Jefferson Airplane, Credence, and so on and so forth, you know. In country, we had, uh, we had Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Hank Williams, Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, Patsy Cline, so on and so forth. So, I mean, I was really, really inspired by that music at that time. And it was so diverse. That's why I loved it. You know, you, you could put on the radio and you could hear from Led Zeppelin to Patsy Cline, from Al Green to Tijuana Brass, from Johnny Cash to Jefferson Airplane, you know, from Ray Charles to, to the Moody Blues and everyone, you know, in between. And, you know, and everybody enjoyed it. That was the norm on the radio, you know. So, uh, again, uh, that's what kind of inspired me. And and when I write, I, um, I always go for the hook, you know, the chorus, you know, uh, because that's what people remember, you know. You know, you know like, um, let's say the, the Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, uh, Zeppelin, Whole Lot of Love. Mm-hmm. That's what you remember. Sometimes you always hear people say, uh, I can't get that stupid song out of my head. <laughs> you know, well, that's the hook. That's, you know, <laughs> you know, all day I'm, you know, I'm, I'm singing that stupid song. Well, that's what I go for, you know, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, less is more. So you want to have that simple phrase that catches you, that stays with you, you know. So that's that's what I go for, you know, and uh you know, again, some people like wordy messages and, you know, very abstract things. And that's cool, too. Just at the end of the day, you listen, you love the song, you enjoy the music. That's important. So I'm assuming, which is always a bad word, but I'm assuming that you're writing on piano. Let me know if I'm correct on that or not. But my other question is, are you the band's main lyricist or is there maybe one other member of the American Nomads that co-writes with you? I co-write, yeah, uh, lyrics with uh, Richard Human. You know, I, uh, I pretty much I, I I start writing on the piano, and uh, and for me, a lot of times, um, very early in the morning, be, even before I have a cup of coffee, I just go behind the piano, and and I don't think about anything, and I just something comes out, you know, because it, you know. It's a fresh day. It's a new day. I'm not mm. thinking about anything. There's no, you know, nothing's in my way. I'm not, you know. So a lot of times just things just come out by themselves, which I love, you know, because uh, a lot of times um, musicians, writers, you, you get caught in this kind of uh, 
uh, you start using the same chords, the same melodies, and uh. it becomes very boring, you know? So you kind of have to escape that. You, you kind of have to uh, look for new ideas, new ways of new techniques, you know, uh, interesting ways of coming out with something new, you know? Even, you know, it's funny, even that uh, when COVID started, I was I was upstate and uh, I was behind the piano and I'm all of a sudden I hear this noise on, on, on this big window I have uh, and I'm looking and there was a, a robin trying to trying to come in the house and uh, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he kept slamming against the window trying to come in, you know, and I'm like. I said, this is very interesting because like at COVID, we're all locked in. We're trying to go out and the bird is trying to come uh, in. So I wrote a song you know, wow. in, in relation, in relation to that, you know, because it was, it was, it was like, it was, it was so funny, but again, and that was first thing in the morning. So, mm. you know, it was fresh, it was new. And that's the kind of thing I love, you know, that, uh, you know, that inspiration. Yeah, I like that because when you talk about that you don't have any ideas already, in in other words, you haven't been through the whole day where you're kind of distracted by different things yeah, that you're juggling. Yeah, and so yeah. it is it is probably yeah. a, a fresh, clean slate to start with. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, again, like, uh, you know, as a writer, you, you like, you just sit, sit behind a piano, you doodle, you try different melodies, you uh, Sometimes there's a phrase you like, and you try to write music to that phrase, and kind of hit or miss. You know, some days you get it, some days you don't. You know, there was sometimes there's spans of six months where you go, you know, oh my God, I just I, I wrote about everything, every you know possible topic, every emotion I could think of. You know, I'm done. You know, and then all of a sudden one day you just sit down and something just happens. You know, you get that magical phrase, uh, those beautiful chords that just coincide, and you go, "Wow, okay." And you know, and there's no greater feeling, you know, for for a writer when you achieve something beautiful. And you know, I personally tear up because that's when I know it's something good. Mm. You know, when I when I tear up, I know uh, I got something. You know, because it really hits home. And and. And that's when I know the song is going to be good. <laughs> so, again, it, it's all, you know, it, it's hard. You know, it, it, sometimes, you know, you you go through a span again for six months and nothing's happening. And all of a sudden you, you get two or three songs together in one week. You know, mm. that's just the way it is. That's, <laughs> you know, that's the way the uh, creative process uh, works, you know. And uh, you just have to be patient and uh, love your art. But you did also mention earlier that when you're up against a deadline, you seem to thrive. And I know that you also like having a project. Yeah, you know, you have a project. All of a sudden, you say, "Okay, well, now I got to get, I got to get the music done." Yeah, yeah, I'm. I, I love having that that thing in front of me where I have to have something written. And uh, we had a um, a friend of mine, Wilhelmina Frankfurt. She's a um, she worked for New York Ballet, and she she called me once and she said, "Walter, can you write?" four songs for me. I'm going to, I'm going to be doing a performance up in New Paltz. Um, and so this is the idea. This is what I want in each song. And I knocked it out in two days, you know, wow. because, you know, I, I, I love that deadline thing where I have a project in front of me, you know, that challenge, you know, that's when I work best, you know, I, I really get inspired and motivated and, uh, you know, that's when I produce. So, Again, everybody works differently, and uh, I love a challenge, you know, and, and that's that works for me. But in the case that you just described of what you did for her, you did four songs in two days? Yep. yep. Wow. I wrote four songs in two days. Wow. <laughs> we actually went up, uh, we performed it live backstage, and it, 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 it was great. Mm. It was great. I love stuff like that. You know, it, it's just, that's, that's what music is about, you know, um, you know, creating, uh, helping each other, performing, you know, and uh, that's a reward. That's a reward. It appears as though the American Nomads primarily plays in the New York area. I saw one that was Connecticut. Is that by design to just stay regional, say, in the Northeast, or are there any plans, perhaps with this new album coming out in a few months, to try to get further out into the U.S. to perform live? 
Yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping to do that soon. Uh, we actually had some things, uh, something lined up in Europe right before COVID, and that kind of knocked that out. And, uh, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to um, performing. There was some um, some talk about Nashville and, uh, and Europe, so we're going to be concentrating on that. Absolutely. And there's some plans also to do, like, a, an East Coast uh, little mini tour here and there, so... Again, I think with the album coming out, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to open up some eyes and ears and and uh, and have a whole new uh, perspective on everything. So uh, looking forward to that. Well, yeah, and especially if we take into consideration the fact that you said there will be another album right behind it at the beginning of 2024. Right. This could really turn into yeah. some, some serious time out on the road playing live shows who knows where. Yeah, yeah. No, we're prepared. I mean, we're well rehearsed. We get together every Monday to rehearse, and you know, I'm I'm pretty you know adamant about people, uh, uh, their stage presence, uh, the lapses between songs, and you know, it's really important uh, not to lose the audience, you know, and uh, just have your uh, you know what together before you go on stage <laughs> because. You know, there could there could be two three seconds where you can lose the audience, but but just not you know not being professional, not mm. being ready, not having uh, you know the right song follow another one. You know, you, you know, there's like 15 things you have to have together wow. when you're performing. You know, one of them goes wrong, and and you're gonna know about it. So uh, again, we really work hard on uh, rehearsing and making sure uh, everybody knows their stuff and and having a well-planned show before we go on stage. Well, and on top of it, I'd love to hear you talk about the fact that this is an eight-piece band and the fact that there are so many different people that you do have to keep organized and keep on the same page and have show up for rehearsals and all that kind of thing because it's a whole different story than if it was just a three-piece band. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's true. We actually had a hard time finding another guitar player. In, and, and uh, again, it's a whole personality thing, and uh, a lot of uh, good musicians uh, want to get paid a lot of money because, of course, that's what they do, understandable. But, you know, again, we're, we've been together for a while, and we have a mutual respect for each other. So we're very fortunate, you know, for eight people to be compatible, you know, for a while, for a couple of years. So, uh, again, we have uh, Susan Darmiento, lead vocals. Uh, we have a new new uh, member, Matt Schneider, lead guitar, Joe Conoscenti on drums, George Lagrange on guitar and background, background vocals, Jay Rivera bass, and uh, Joe Human harmonica and percussion, and of course myself. So uh, again, we're very fortunate uh, to have this great unit, and uh, which is very important. And uh, and and you know, so far so good. No problems. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, and for anyone in the audience who is an up-and-coming performer and likes the sound of more instruments and more voices and more input for your band and you want to add and get bigger and bigger in your band, just remember the more people that you have, the more organizing you have to do in terms of people's schedules, the more you have to deal with different egos. And, yeah, you do have to split the pay yeah. eight ways instead of three. By the way, how many people were in Metropolis when you had that band? In Metropolis, we had uh, five people. Oh, think, wow. Yeah, five people we had in Metropolis, yeah. Wow. Yeah, sometimes, five to six, it varied, you know. Wow. And, um, yeah. Well, we're going to close today with the newest single from American Nomads, a song that just came out last month called Can't Cheat the Hangman. Walter, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience first all about mm -hmm. this one, if you would, please. Okay, so Can't Cheat the Hangman, um, Joe Lopez, um, he's a pretty well-known producer. He he uh, produces uh, Lady Gaga, Dolly Parton, and multiple other people. Um, he produced uh, Revelations Are Gonna Come a couple of years back. So he's been in touch with us. He uh, performs with us once in a while. And uh, so he gave us a call. He said, listen, I'd love to record something with you. And uh, can you send some lyrics to me? I'd love to, you know, do the music. So uh, Richard uh, 
wrote the lyrics to Can't Cheat the Hangman. And uh, actually, that's the one he picked. He wrote the music. We all went up to uh, Wyndham, New York. He has a great studio over there. And uh, we knocked it out in one day. And uh, pretty amazing. We started about 2 in the afternoon, ended at about 10 at night. Then we had a great dinner. And we had a beautiful hang outside by the fire, had a couple of drinks, and we were good. And uh, so that's that was released uh, June 23rd. Also a video. You can check that out on uh, YouTube. And, um, yeah, so far so good. And uh, uh, very fortunate to have Joe in our corner. And even though I am not going to talk over this one, just tell the audience anyways what this song is about. Yeah, it's a, it's it's this whole kind of uh, Western theme. You know, you can't cheat the hangman. Uh uh, with, with a wonderful touch of uh, Eastern karma. So I think you'll hear it in the lyrics uh, when you hear You Can't Cheat the Hangman. So, again, uh, great song, I think, and uh, so far so good. Yeah, and the video you mentioned, I wonder, when you have eight people in the band, is it a case of, oh, one of our band members is adept at video production or is it outsourced? Who does your video work? And for that matter, how involved are you or aren't you in the videos? Uh, Richard kind of uh, ran the whole theme on the video. We had a drone. It was filmed upstate in an old uh, sawmill uh, right near my place upstate down the road from me. So uh, we're very fortunate to have access to it. And, uh, the whole concept of the drone, and then we did uh, we did another one in one of the hangars, uh, a whole lot of love. We did in, inside, so we knocked it out two videos in one day. That was February 11th, and it was pretty cold, but <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And uh, as far as the whole uh, concept of the video, Richard uh, uh, thought of a great concept, and when you do see it, you'll see. Uh, what it's all about, and um, and and that's it. That's it. Awesome, awesome. Well, Walter, great to meet you, and thank you for making time to be on Now Here This Entertainment. Congratulations on the new single, and we'll all be excited to watch for the new album to come out in a few months, and then another new album next year. I appreciate it, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Walter Kennel from the band American Nomads. Again, do visit their official website at AmericanNomadsBand.com. As I mentioned earlier, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. You are about to hear their newest single, and you also heard Walter talk about more new music that the band has on the way. Purchase downloads of original music from American Nomads from Apple Music and other online digital music retailers. Engage with the band on social media, meaning Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, all of which there are links to on AmericanNomadsBand.com. Keep up with them online as news comes out when we get closer to the release of the new album. And let them know that you heard Walter and the band's music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that just like this show, American Nomads music can be found on both Spotify and SoundCloud. So do give them a follow on those platforms as well. I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you for having stuck with Walter and I. And I'm going to assume that that means that you do like the podcast. You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, more than nine years without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net and then using the yellow Buy Me a Coffee logo that you will see there. This is not a sponsor, by the way. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash Bruce W. That's going to do it for episode 493. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from American Nomads. This is the one Walter just talked about. It's called Can't Cheat the Hangman. On the snow-covered mountain with a storm blowing in Still riding out but getting dangerous, Ethan Beyond the reach of the law 
ever be on this path. Quick to anger again, quick to take a new life, quick to drown it it all in his cold 45. Was a drunken rage that nobody could ever forget. We all answer to someone in the end. You can try, you can't see the hangman. No matter what you do, he will always find a way to catch on up to you. You can run, but you can hide, pretend it's all a lie. But you don't stand a ghost of a chance. You can't try, but you can't cheat the hangman. man down a bowl of whiskey while they bleed to death you can ride off in the darkness without a bounty placed on your head in fact it's dead or alive no borders no lies no questions will be asked your reward for your fine follow the moon and a whispering wind until the Cheat the hangman. 